Today's daf is daf Yud Aleph, page 11, and we pick up from the bottom line on Yud Amabes. 10b, we're up to the bottom line, and we are going to continue in this discussion of Hilchas Mezuzah. All right, we're going to get into Mezuzah today. That is going to be the primary topic. And just to remind ourselves of what we are basing, you know, what, where we're leaping from. So we ended yesterday's daf with a machlaikas between the Chachamim Rabbi Yehuda, whether you need a mezuzah on a residence that is against a person's will. So if a person's living in a place against their will, do, is that considered a base dira? Is that considered a dwelling place or not? Okay, that was the, uh, that was the machlaikas. The Rabbanon said it's considered a dwelling place. And the Chachamim say that it is, I'm sorry, Rabbi Yehuda said, the Chachamim say it is a dwelling place, Rabbi Yehuda says it is not a dwelling place. However, they still put a mezuzah on the doorway of the Kayin Gadol so that it doesn't look like he's in jail. All right, so Rabbi Yehuda says the mezuzah on the door of the Lishkas Parhedrin is for public relations. It's for PR. But it's not because there's any sort of obligation, because the God will have to be there anyway. Okay, so here we go. Says the Gemara like this, bottom line. Man tana rabbonon, who is the Tana of the following Brisa? We now start today's daf, All of the Sha'arim that entered into the courtyard of the Beis Hamikdash had no mezuzah, except for the Shar HaNiknor, okay? And that was on the eastern side of the Chatzir. Shalafnim mimenu lishkas parhedrin. Because after that, Shar HaNiknor, that's the gate that led to the lishkas parhedrin. And therefore, it needed a mezuzah. Now, one second. One second. If the lishkas parhedrin needed a mezuzah, which is the opinion of the Rabbanon, that since the Kohen Gadol was there, you needed to have mezuzah. So I understand why the entranceway to that room should also have a mezuzah, right? Because any doorway that leads to a dwelling place as well obligates a person in a mezuzah. However, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that the whole purpose of the mezuzah was PR on the Lishkas, uh, Lishkas Parhedrin, why did the Sharha Niknar that led to the Lishkas Parhedrin need a mezuzah? The parhedron itself didn't need a mezuzah. Why would you expand the, uh, you know, the decree past the parhedron and tell us to put on the sharniknar? The e Reb Yehuda, because if Reb Yehuda is correct, he gufakzera. The whole mezuzah, there's a fascinating, uh, a fascinating zach, very important to know in life. If, again, let's just say this outside. If the lishkas parhedron did not really need a mezuzah, and we just put it up there for PR. So that itself is Xera Derabanan, to put a mezuzah on the door of the Parhedra. And we're going to get up and make a decree that even the Shar Niknar should have. There's a rule. Ask the Gemara Kasha. We have a rule. You don't make decrees to protect decrees. Okay? In Yiddishkeit, we don't go above and beyond what needs to be done. We do what needs to be done, and we leave the rest up to God. We chill out. We don't get all anxious about this. So you don't make a decree to protect another decree. Otherwise, ain't la dover saif, there's no end. 
the Rabbanon create one boundary, and that's it. Shoingenug. So ask the Gemara if Rabbi Yehud is correct that the mezuzah on the Lishkas Parhedron itself is just a decree and not an obligation. Why would the gate leading to the Lishkas Parhedron also be a decree? That's a gzera l'gzera, and we don't do that. Answers the Gemara that there's no question on Rabbi Yehuda. You know why? I feel with Tamer Rabbi Yehuda. You could even say it's Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi is going to say, Kula that both mezuzahs are one gezerah. In other words, like this. Why does Rabbi Yehuda say there was a mezuzah on the Lishkas Parhadrim? So that it looks like a wanted dwelling place. Well, says Rabbi Yehuda, in order for it to look like a wanted dwelling place, you can't just put up a mezuzah on the room itself. You got to do a kahaygin. You got to do a right. Which means even the entranceways leading to that. It's the same gzera, answers the Rabbanon. Okay, it's the same, it's the same logic. It's the same svara. Same reason why mezuzah put a mezuzah on the entrance of Lishkas Parhedrin as well. This is not a gzera, the gzera. This is one broad gzera. This is one broad decree. Which is very sensible. Okay, it's very sensible. If you're going to do it, and for PR, go all out. Go on, do it the way that people won't look at it and say, oh, it must be the kind of stuck there. Okay. Here we go. Tanu Rabona. Now we're going to get into Hilchas Mezuzah everywhere. We're going to leave the Beis Hamikdash and we're going to get into general discussion of Mezuzah. So let's go. What are the sources for, this, for the Mezuzah and a lot of these Psukim? Both, we're going to get discuss this on Amar Aleph. And on Mudbeis, we're going to come back. So a lot of the psukim are from Kriyashma that we're very familiar with. Okay. Ton Rabban the Rabbis learn so shuid bisharecha. Right. What does it say in the Torah? What does the pasuk say? Uchsavtam al mezuzais beisecha uvisharecha. You should write these on the mezuzos on the doorposts beisecha of your homes uvisharecha and your gates. Says the Gemara. Which means whether it is a gate of a house, or a gate of a courtyard, the gate leading to a state, a gateway leading to a city, they all have a mitzvah de oraisa. All these types of gates, you're obligated to put a mezuzah up. Because it says, Bisharecha. Mishum Shenemar, Uchsavtam al Mezuzah is Bisacha Bisharecha. Okay? So the Brysa taught us, the Brysa is teaching us, that there's not, that we learn, we learn from the Pasuk, there's not only a mitzvah to put up a mezuzah on the door of your home, there's a mitzvah to put up a mezuzah on every sha'ar, on every gate. Whether it's a gate to your home, a gate to your backyard, a gate to a city, okay? Any gate, you got to put up a mezuzah. Okay. Period. Amar le Abaye le Rav Safra, Abaye says to Rav Safra, Hani abulei de mechuzah. These um, gates of mechuzah. Mechuzah is the name of a city. These gates of mechuzah. Now Rashi tells us, mechuzah was a city that was mostly Yidin. It was mostly Jews. So as Abaye, the, the gates of mechuzah, my time, what is the reason? Rabbana didn't t- tell the people of Mechuzah they got to put up a mezuzah. Why wasn't there a mezuzah up there? Amar 
Very interesting. Okay? He says like this. The reason why you don't need to put up a gate, uh, mezuzahs on the gates of mechuzah is because the gates of mechuzahs were not meant to be entranceways. The gates of mechuzah's primary purpose was to be able to hold up the city which was on top of it. Okay? Now, apparently, apparently, uh, we're dealing with uh, uh, gates that are arched. Now, if you have an arched opening as opposed to a squared-off opening where the top is flat, it supports that which is above it in a much greater fashion. So Abai asked the question, why didn't they demand mezuzahs on the archway? If you got to put up a mezuzah on every sha'ar, on every gate, the answer is because though, that is only when the gate is primarily a gate that's meant to go in and out. But over here, when the whole opening is only there to be a support beam, a support place to hold up a home that's on top of it or the, the city, you, you walked into the city on a lower level and you walked up, so then there's no need for a mezuzah. Omar Lay. So Abaye, um, uh, so Abaye said back to Rav Safra, right? Abaye asked the question, why, where are the mezuzahs? Rav Safra says, I'll tell you why there's no mezuzahs. So Abaye says to him, one second, the Akra de Chubi Gufa Tiboy Mezuzah, even uh, a, a tower like Kubi should also need mezuzah. Because the Shemer Beis Asurim, which literally means the prison guard, uh, uh, lives in there. So anybody who lives in any area where there is a gate, it's, you, you could tell me that, oh, it's also meant to hold things up, right? But Lamaisa, if somebody's living there, that's a house. That's called the Beis Dira. The Hotanik learned their Baisa, Beis Akneses. She yesh bay beis dira lechazen aknes. That's a base a base aknes that has living quarters for the chazen aknes. Okay, the chazen over here. Keep in mind, is not the chazen that we know of. Ah, rather, it's a chazen who's called the shamish, right? The one who takes care of the shul. He he would live there. Chayev as the mezuzah. You're obligated in a mezuzah. So any watchtower, any entranceway to a city where where uh, uh, people lives should be obligated to have a mezuzah. So Abaye is uh, so saying, uh, uh, um, so saying that I don't like your answer. Again, let's go, let's, we have three steps in this Gemara. Abaye asked the Kasha to Rav Safra. Why is there no mezuzah? Rav Safra says because it's not meant to be an entrance, it's meant to support. Says Abaye, yeah, but still, any time that somebody lives in something, you should have an obligation, Okay. So Abai is sticking to this. He's very bothered why, why Mechuzah didn't have a mezuzah. Salam or Abai, rather Abai says, I'll tell you why, perhaps why there's no mezuzah on the gates of Mechuzah. Vishum Sakon. Because of, a, because of danger, because Sakon. What type of danger is there to have a mezuzah up? The time you learned in a b'risa. Very interesting. Mezuzah z'yachid nevdekes tamayim b'shavua. An individual should check their mezuzahs twice every seven years. All right? person should have their mezuzahs checked once every seven years. A public mezuzah, okay, which is on a shul, on a city. Yeah, you walk into the walls of Yerushalayim. There's mezuzahs that are stuck into the walls. How often are they supposed to be checked? Twice a yaival. So every 25 years. The Yama Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Yehuda says, there was a story with one Artovin. Artovin uh, is Rashi himself says not so 
not so clear. Rashi says, Shem Ha'ish, either it was the guy's name who was our Tavim, Va'amila, some say, Al Shem Ha'omnis. This was his trade. Okay, there was a type of trade called an Artavim. Either way, there was a person who was either named Artavim or worked as an Artavim. He would check the mezuzas of his shuk the upper shuk of Tipari, and a kastor, an officer, saw him. And he find him, uh, he find he find him a thousand zuz. Okay, now this is unbelievable. Um, the uh, the w- what's going on here is as follows. Is fascinating. Listen to this. Let's talk outside for a minute. If you ever ask a non-Jew to do so, some Shabbos guy, you need something done on Shabbos, and you walk over to a non-Jew who's never been a Shabbos guy before, and you say, you know, can you do this for me? All right. Now, as you do it in the in the permitted way. Some of them are glad to help, and some of them are petrified. They're scared. Why are they scared? All you're asking them to do is flip on a light, turn off a light, the baby that needs to sleep, whatever. They, they, people are scared. If a Jew asks them to do something, it's like we're about to pull some sort of shtick. Yeah? It's like a Chabadzker walks over to somebody and asks him if he could wrap filling on him. The guy, you know, the guy never heard of filling before, for all he knows. You know, you could be wrapping a, a, a bomb around his body. It's like, no, thank you. <laughs> you know, I don't know what, I don't know what you're doing. Like, you're back off, you know. And all we're trying to do is help him with a mitzvah, you know. And this guy's like, oh, what are you doing to me? Huh? So what happened was, there was a, there was a uh, Artovin who was checking mezuzahs, and this Roman officer saw him, and he thought that he was pulling off some sort of witchcraft. And in Rome... In order to be able to do rich, witchcraft, you need the permission. So he gave him a fine. He gave, handed him a ticket. $1,000 for witchcraft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was he doing? Nabuk. Poor guy's checking his mezuzahs. All right? Poor guy's checking his mezuzahs. But he got fined. Why? Because you, 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 know, you, you weren't licensed. You, you're not licensed to, to perform this, uh, this shtick. Okay. Says the Gemara. But one second. One second. Let, let's talk about the story for a minute. How can you check your mezuzahs and get fined? A person who's on their way to perform a mitzvah can't get harmed by the mitzvah. This guy just lost a nice uh, chunk of his wallet. Yeah? How did something bad happen to somebody filling a mitzvah? The Gemara says, Unbelievable. You cannot rely on shluche mitzvah in a nezakin if there's expected danger. If you're putting yourself into danger, you can't now go ahead and say, Oh, shluche mitzvah in nezakin. No. If you're putting yourself into a matzah, you're going to do this out in the open, you're going to do this publicly, so then just because you're involved in a mitzvah does not necessarily mean you'll be protected. If, in other words, if I'm doing a mitzvah and there's no reason to expect ramifications, so then I'll be protected. Because Baruch is not going to send a consequence our way. But if you're putting yourself, mamish, there, then you, there, there still can be danger. Dechsev, as it says, Vayemar Shmuel, and uh, Shmuel said, Eich Eilech V'sham HaShol, how can I go? Shaul uh, hears, Vahargeni, he'll kill me. Shmuel Anavi said, Shaul hears what's going on with Dabra Melech being appointed and all that. Vayamar Hashem, Eglas Baka Tikach, Vayadacha, take an Eglas Baka, Vamatlas Vayach Lashem Basi. Go, go, uh, pretend like you're doing something else. But otherwise, even though Shmuel Anavi would have been en route 
to do a mitzvah, he taka could have gotten harmed. Okay, fine. Period. Bottom line is right now what we've learned is that any time there's an area where people live in, a mezuzah belongs up. Okay? Here we go. Says the Gemara Vaita. Tony Reb Kana, Kameh Reb Yudah, Tikana taught in the name of Rebbe Yehuda. Base HaTeven, a storage house for Teven, for grain. Ubeis HaBakar, and a barn for cattle. Ubeis HaEitzim, and a place where they keep wood. Ubeis HaEitzaris. And any sort of storage house, Rashi tells us that uh, in a storage house, let me just read the base HaEitzaris, Shalyayin V'Shemen V'Tvuah, it's meant to store stuff. You keep your luggage in there, you keep wine there, you keep your grain there. Nobody's living in there. Okay? You do not need to put up a mezuzah on a storage house, a storage room. Listen to this. Because women beautify themselves in them. Says the Gemara, whoa, 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 what? What does it mean? That women are neosos, says the Gemara, roichatzais, because uh, because people wash themselves, meaning they shower, they bathe, they uh, give themselves a sponge bath, and uh, and therefore any room, very important, because we know this lahalacha, you don't put up a mezuzah on a shower room, you don't put up a mezuzah on a lavatory, because any room where people undress, you don't have a mezuzah. Okay? Now, let's pause for a minute. According to this, let's focus on what we just read. According to this, Rav Kahana, quoting in front of Rav Yehuda, what did Rav Kahana just say? You don't put up mezuzah on a barn, a storage house, so on and so forth. The only reason is because women use these places to change. And since a person's not dressed modestly in these areas... So that's why there's no mezuzah. But otherwise, it seems a mezuzah would be necessary. Let's keep reading. Let's hold our horses here. All right? Let's hold, keep reading. Amar le Rav Yehuda. Rav Yehuda said to, uh, to Rav Kahana, who just quoted this. He says, one second. You're telling me that the reason why you don't put up mezuzah on a storage house and on a bathhouse, and, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, a storage house and a... Uh, a barn is because people wash themselves and they're not dressed. But it seems a regular barn, you should have a mezuzah. What? But we have specifically in Abraisa. Refes Bakar, a barn for cattle, you don't have a mezuzah. And it has nothing to do as to whether people are dressed or not. So what does it mean that you don't put up a Mezuzah, because women are neosos, it means miskashtais. They get all uh, dressed up. And what this means is, you hit us. A barn, a storehouse, even though there's times where a woman may go out to these places to bathe herself, wash herself, and will say, Look, a human's using it for a normal thing. Maybe you should need to put up a mezuzah. That's why we're mentioning the women. Not to give us a reason why a mezuzah shouldn't be there, but to give us an expected reason why maybe you should put up a mezuzah because there's somebody there. 
Still, the answer is no mezuzah. Why? Because it's not meant to be a base dira. It's not meant to be a place of living. It's meant to be a barn. And any place that's meant to be a barn, even if when you have guests, you put them there over Pesach, you still don't need a mezuzah. It's a barn. Amalei Rav Kahana. So Rav Kahana says back to Rav Yehuda. When women change and get all fancy in there and dress themselves up, it, it would be potter. There's no mezuzah. But we learned in Abraisa. Refes bakar paturim na mezuzah. A barn does not need a mezuzah. But if a woman makes use of it to change, then it's going to be obligated to mezuzah. You, Rev Yehuda, are, are learning this whole Abraisa to me. That we're dealing with a regular barn, a regular storehouse, and even if a woman goes in, there's no mezuzah. But that explicitly goes against a brisa, which states that when a woman's in there using it, the barn would need a mezuzah, and a storehouse would need a mezuzah. So you can't interpret, Rabbi Yehuda, you can't interpret the brisa that says no mezuzah to mean that, oh, even when a woman uh, changes in there, because that's not true. Elamayus the Chalameymar says Rabbi Yehuda, as we call it, he's bavarning. He's going to say, Rav Yehuda, oh, what are you going to say back to me? Miskashta is tanoihi. That when, uh, maybe when she's getting dressed, that's a matter of a machlaikas. No, ledidi nami stoma tanoihi. Yeah, so I could say that, that the, the, the brisa, which is talking about a regular barn, a regular place where they store their things, is also a matter of a machlaikas tanoihi. Okay, so what we have right here is Rav Kahana and Rav Yehuda in a machlaikas about how to interpret the brisa. Rav Kahana put Rev Yehuda into the corner, and he says to Rav Yehuda, I got a Bryson backing me up. I just cornered him. Don't tell me that you have a Tana backing you up, because if you go there, then your whole original question on me is also going to be disproven, because I'll just say I have a Tana backing me up as well. Now, how would Rav Kahana be able to say that? You can't just say, oh, I'll find my own, so go find it, right? Where do you see there's actually a discussion about this? So let's keep reading. We, we need to keep gathering more information to, to get clarity about a number of things. First of all, to get clarity about this machlaikas. And also, what I want to point out is to get clarity about a room where people change clothing. Should there be a mezuzah on somebody's bedroom? People change in their bedrooms. Should there be... According to some of what we're saying, keep in mind, make, we should think about Hilchas Mezuzah, how these halachas affect us practically. Because, you know, we're saying, oh, a woman goes out to the barn to change. <laughs> Back then, they didn't have five bedroom homes, nor did they have one bedroom apartment. They had a roof over their head, and if they needed privacy, they hung their sheets. That's all they had. So if a woman needed a little bit of privacy, she went out to the barn. All right, that's where she was going to get all made up, okay? So how, we have to see how this impacts our own homes and how this impacts our own hilkas mezuzah. So there's, so there's a lot that we need to take in as we move along, and let's keep doing that. Titania, because we learned in a brisa. You should put a mezuzah on your home. Which means a home that is meant for living in. Prat, which excludes base Tevan, base Abakar, base Eats, and base Eitzaris. Okay? A barn, a storehouse, place for wood, to store regular things. Shepaturim na mezuzah, a storage house. And let's extend this to 
in a lot of our homes or apartments, if you move into an apartment complex, very often they give you they give you an apartment and then they give you a storage room down the hallway, in the basement. You gotta put up a mezuzah on that room. Somebody in their own basement of their home has a room that they use just for storage. Nobody lives in that room. It's creepy down there. Yeah, nobody wants to be down there in that storage room that's not uh, part of the finished basement, right? Do you put up a mezuzah on those doors? Is it considered a beisaitzer? So it says beisecha, your home, a place that you dwell, which excludes these areas. But some people say you're chayav, you're obligated. The MS Amru, and the the in general, that's how we're going to translate this. In general, it was it's you know this is what people do. Truthfully, they say that Beisakise, a lavatory, Ubeisa Borsiki, and a place where they tan hides, what's called a tannery, Ubeisa Merchatz, and a bathhouse, Ubeisa Tvila, and a mikvah, Veshahanoshim Neisus Behem, and any area that women go to to do Neos in. Okay, which the final place uh, understanding of neos was miskashtos that they go to put on their perfume and make themselves up. There's no obligation in mezuzah. See very clearly from this brisa that a place that's not meant for standard living, not meant for living, it's meant for storing or to use on random occasions when you need a little bit of privacy. There's no mezuzah. Rav Kahana is going to understand this brisa consistent with his approach. And if you're going to say this price is consistent with his approach. How so? Rav Kahana Matar Satameh, Rav Kahana is going to stay consistent. He's going to say, Beisecha, your home. Beisecha, miyuchad loch, your house that is miyuchad for you, that is special for living. Prat le beisad, beisad bakar, beisad and beisad tzaris. Exclude all these other places. Shepatura mena mezuzah, which you're not obligated to, to put up a mezuzah. Bistam. Plain. Stop. A regular storehouse, you don't put up a mezuzah. Okay? Now, maybe if a woman would start using it, maybe you would, according to Afghan. But stam means a regular storehouse. You don't need. Clear? Yeah? Makes sense? But some people are going to say you are obligated. Okay? Some people are going to say you are obligated um, uh, in a, in a uh, stam, I don't know why I'm stumbling over my words, in a stam, uh, I'm sorry, uh, a plain storage house. The MS Amru, and in truth they said, again, this is Rav Kahana understanding it his way, means to take a bath, meaning she's Changing the halach in all these cases is you don't put up a door, you don't put up a mezuzah on a bathroom, you don't put on a base atfila, you don't put on a smelly tannery, you don't put on a on a bathhouse. Okay, so so that and that's how Rav Kahana is going to understand the bride. Says Gemara, if a, if neosos means rochatzos that a woman bathes there, how is that any different than? A base hamerchatz. We said on a base hamerchatz by a bathhouse, there's no mezuzah. And now we're saying, oh, um, and when a woman bathes in there, we're So then you're turning it into a base hamerchatz. What are you adding? 
The Gemara explains, Ashmeinon merchatz de rabim, vashmeinon merchatz de yachid. There's a difference between a public bathhouse and a bathhouse used by an individual. I mean, I would have thought to say merchatz de rabim de nafish zuama, very interesting. A bathhouse of public people. Where, guess what? When you go to a public mikvah, nowadays they have beautiful ones. But it used to be when I was a kid, yeah, when they have these public mikvahs, the, the, the schmutz in the air, it's, the, the, the schwitz is tangible, right? In other words, it's just gross. You want to go take a dunk and you walk out. Chasron, the mikvah is not gross. The area around the mikvah yeah, could be nafish zuama. There's a lot of stale air in there. It hasn't been cleaned out for a while. When you go to a public bathhouse, it's like, all right, I take my bath and I'm out of here. If I stay an extra minute, I'm going to need another bath, right? So, avomerchatz the yachid, but by a private bathhouse, the zuama, a woman's going to go to the barn on her own, give herself a bath. There, there's, no, there's no bad air. I would say, okay, so you're Abu Mazuz, kind of like a bedroom. Therefore, the Bryce lets us know that if a woman uses it for changing, there is no, um, there's no chi of mezuzah. I don't know if this is true. I didn't see this inside, but apparently, Zalman, and some people have a hard time believing this. That's why I'm giving a little disclaimer. But it's brought down in Shulchan Aruch that you're not supposed to take a bath or shower after going to the mikvah. After uh, right away, you can go a little bit later, but right away after going to the mikvah, you're not supposed to. Various reasons, for sure, for women, right? People are going to think it's a chelak of the tefillah. It's part of the tefillah. You have to take a shower afterwards, okay? But for men as well. So it's brought down. Uh, this is what I heard. That Reb Shlaimer Zalman would take a shower before he went into the mikvah, and he would take a shower after he came out of the mikvah. Right away. That's what I heard. And somebody asked him why. So he said, before I go into the mikvah, I take a shower because I am makbid. I am careful about the ahavto l'reyacha kamocha. And therefore, I wash myself clean before going into a public mikvah. And when I come out of the mikvah, I take a bath for those who don't care about the ahavto l'reyacha kamocha. <laughs> for everyone else who hadn't showered in five days before they went in, so that's why that's why I, I do it after. Apparently, that's a, a quote from him. I don't stand behind that. That's something I heard. I haven't seen it, but it uh, you know what, what the that's what the Gemara is saying over here is that when you have a lot of people using an area, there's zuame in the air, and therefore it might not be respectful. It might not be respectful to to put a mezuzah on a door where inside that room there's, zi- there's zuama. However, when a yach is using it, okay, so sometimes you got you got changed. It's not disrespectful to the mezuzah. The air itself is not, uh, is not gross, you know? Okay. So that's how, that's going to be Rav Khan's approach. Rav Yudah Matar says, Rav Yudah is going to explain according to his own reasoning. He says, this is what the Bryce means. You put a mezuzah on your door. Which means a door. That is specialized for you. Which excludes a storehouse, a barn, a storage house, a, a place of wood, 
and a place for wine, oil, everything that Rashi mentioned before. Shabbaturim Ramazuzah, a regular storage room. There's no obligation to Mezuzah. Afilu Miskashtois, even if a woman changes over there. Vayesh Mechaivim Biskashtois. Some people say they are obligated to Biskashtois. Avastam Divriakol Pater. But a regular storehouse every, where women don't use privately, says Rabbi everybody's going to agree there's no mezuzah because nobody lives there. And in truth, they said, which are all areas that get, that get gross. Okay? And some of those places smell. Even if a woman were to use those areas, even if she were to use them, you still do not put a mezuzah because the air inside of, the, of that area is not a respectful one and it's not, not a good one and therefore... It's not respectful to put up a mezuzah, period. Okay? So we have very clear a machlekes between Rev Yehuda and, and uh, Rev Kahana, really based around what would happen when you have a regular storage room, but now a human uses it on specific occasions. Okay. Says Rev Yehuda. Says the Gemara. According to Rev Yehuda, does he hold that everybody's going to agree? That a regular base uh, ha'itzer, there's no mezuzah. But I learned the rights of b'sherecha on all your gates. Echad shari bottom includes the gates of homes. Vechad shari katzeres the gates of yards. Vechad shari medinas and states. Vechad shari yaris and cities. Verefes and a barn. Velulim and chicken coops. Umatvein and sheds. Ba'itzus yayin and where they store wine. Ba'itzus shemen where they store oil. Chayav mezuzah they're obligated mezuzah. Yachol I might think shani marbe. That we're going to include af top of yud aleph amud beis beis hashar. I would to include even a beis hashar, which we'll, we're going to call this a guard booth, okay? Achsadra or an achsadra which is a awning, umar peses or a porch. Talmud Laimar says bias your house, not bias miyachladir. Just like a house is meant to be lived inside, yatsu elu excludes these things. Sheim yuchladir. It's not meant to be lived inside a guardhouse. Not meant for the inside. A guardhouse is meant for somebody to guard on the outside. Every once in a while, they got to go inside to protect them from the elements, face whatever it is, right? But it's meant the house is located there for the surrounding areas, not to not to live in there and dwell in there. I would think you should include. You even need to put up mezuzah on a bathroom, uveisaborski or a tenry, uveisamrechat a bathhouse, uveisafila, because it says every gate. So maybe you should even put up a mezuzah on a bathroom, right? In these areas. Just like a house is meant to do respectful things. Only any only rooms where which are meant to be used for things that have that have uh, that are respect that have respect to them. They're not meant for uh, respect. You know, it's not meant for places of respect. These are places meant for the human body to take care of its needs. Okay? So you go do what you got to do, and you get out. Those, that, that's, what a, a bathroom is, uh, that's what a bathroom is meant for. And we know the tannery, other things, the places just smell terrible. So it's not a, you know, it's not a, respect, a respectable place. I would say, okay, so even put a mezuzah all around the, the base of Mikdash and the Harabayas, the old Temple Mount, just like a house is not a sp- specifically holy, it's just a place where people live. You only need to put up a mezuzah 
on places that don't have intrinsic holiness, Yotzer Elu Shein Kaidish, which excludes things that are holy, to exclude things that have, uh, that have Kedusha. Okay? The Gemara says, now what's the question? The question here is, you see very clearly Tanayim who hold, you put up a mezuzah on a bathroom. I'm sorry, you put a mezuzah on a storehouse or a, uh, or a, a place for animals, a barn. Why does your view to say that no Tanayim agree with that? We have a specific Brisa that says that. Says Gemara, you're right, Rebut is wrong. Tiyopta, we've now upshlugged, we have a refute on Rebbe Yehuda, and there are Tanayim who are, there, there certainly are Tanayim of the opinion that uh, a mezuzah is needed. It seems from here, it seems from here, we're going to move on from this machoikas right now, that, that we're paskening like Rav Kahana. We're going, to be, we're going to follow the view of Rav Kahana, that there is a machoikas about a storehouse in general. Now, um, practically speaking, practically spe- speaking, what do we do in our homes when a person has a storage house, you know, when a person has a storage room? So the, here, we'll just, I'll just mention the ideal thing. Every time a person should ask a Shiloh. But here's the ideal thing to do when we ever come across a situation like this, okay? And that is, because it's a Shiloh, whether you're obligated mezuzah, you should put up a mezuzah without a bracha. Therefore, therefore, when somebody's putting up mezuzahs around their home, we know that you don't make a bracha on each mezuzah that goes up. So if a person is moving into a new house, renting a new place, whatever it is, here's what you do. You take all your mezuzahs in your hand, you make a bracha, put it up on the front door, and now that bracha extends to every other room that you're going to put up mezuzah on anyway. The bedrooms, the kitchen. At the same time, put up a mezuzah on the storage room. Because this way, you got a mezuzah up, and you didn't even put yourself into a situation where you might need to make a bracha because it's just... It's grabbing on to the, to the bracha of the front door, of the, of the main entrance, all right? But this is a, a, a very practical sugya, very practical sugya for us to, to discuss in all of our homes. Okay, here we go. Tani Rav the Rav says, learned in front of Rav, the six types of gates that are potter, that are not obligated in mezuzah, based on tevin, a storehouse of grain, based on bakar, barn, Beisa Eitzim, where they store wood. Beisa Eitzaras, where they store wine, oil. Mashara Madai. And the gate of Madai. Okay, now what is the gate of Madai? Rashi says, you, it's a, there's an arch. There's an arch, okay? If you have a gate with an arch, there's no necessarily corner. So you're not going to call it door. Some people might say it's not a doorpost because you start wide on bottom and it kind of curves to the top. We're familiar with this in St. Louis, the St. Louis arch, right? Where's the door frame? Where, where are you going? Right? There's no sides and a top. Where can you differentiate where the where the side stops and the lintel starts? No, you can't really do that. Still, so he says, "Vishara uh, uh, So if it's arch, you don't need vishara she'inu makura, or you have a shar that has no top. Okay, so it's only the side frames, but there's no top. There's no lintel. Vishara she'inu gavayasara." Or any gate that is lower than ten tefachim, So remember, if Shmuel Bar Huda taught this in front of Rava, so Rava says to him, You started with six, and you ended off by seven, because he said, "Oh, there's six gates." And what did he say? Beis Hateven one, 
Pesa Bokar, two. Pesa Eitzim, three. Pesa Itzarais, four. Shar Modai, five. Shar Shene Makura, six. Shar Shene Gubayasara is seven. You tell me there's six gates and you listed seven. Uh, we got to go back to math class. So Amar Lei, so he said to him, Shar Modai Tanahi. The reason why I said six is because only six are a universal agreement, but an arched gate is actually a machlekas tanam, the tanam to the Kipa, what's a kipa? A yami. Yeah, you have a yamaka. Why is a, why is a, why is a, a yamaka called a kipa? A kipa is a covering, and usually it's a it's a rounded, it's a rounded covering, right? Rev Meir Mechayev Mezuzah. Rev Meir obligates a arched or rounded door top with a that you need to put up a mezuzah. A chum say that there's no chiyav mezuzah. Bishav, um, everybody agrees. Shem yesh beragla basara that if the sides go at least ten tefachim high before they bend, shechayav mezuzah that then you're going to be obligated in a mezuzah. Meaning the whole machlekes between Rav and the Chachamim is when the side starts to arch inwards, even when it's lower than ten tefachim off the ground. Amar Abai and Abai explains the kuli yamagavayim asar of Everybody agrees that if it's ten tefachim high, but the legs don't have at least three tefachim um, uh, opening in between them, v'lav klumhi. Then it's not even considered an entrance. Inami or no, it's very narrow. Or you could say yesh beragla shleisha that the bottom of the door frame or you know the bottom of the entrance has shleisha veina gavayasara. Also, if it's if it has three, but it doesn't go ten tefachamai, but like Lumi, also it's not considered a doorway. Okay, so it has to be at least three tefachim and ten tefachim. So where's there a machlekes? Everybody's going to agree to that. So where's there a machlekes? You have uh, on the feet of the doorway, you have three tefachim and. It's also Gavaya, Asar. However, Ve'im Barachva Arba. But it's not four Tfachim wide. Okay? So, on the bottom. So, follow along. Here's what's happening. Here's what's happening. Follow my hands. Okay? So, I'm going to use my screen. Picture my screen to be the top, is the top of ten Tfachim. We're going to arch downwards to the side till right here. If from here to here is three tfachim, straight, on the sides, and it arches over to ten, everyone agrees there's a mezuzah. The machlaikas is when you have that, or if it's less than that, there's no mezuzah. Machlaikas is like this. I have ten tfachim high, three tfachim on the sides, but the middle part is less than four tfachim wide. I don't have four tfachim in width. So it's going to be very hard. Do you call that a doorway? Somebody going to walk through that? However, the wall around that opening is technically big enough that if I would hollow it out, it can open to four. Rav Meir says that we consider it like it's open and you're going to be No. If there's no four tefach wide opening on bottom, even if I have three tefachim going straight up and then ten tefachim to the top of my arch, if there's no four tefachim wide, say the Rabbanon, there's no chi of mezuzah. Okay, you need to have the you need to have ma- literally four tefachim that are already opened up. It's not yet just that it's fit to have four tefachim wide on bottom. Period. Done. We're completely done with that part of the sugya.
And now we continue on in Hilchas Mezuzah. Let's go. Turn Rabbi on the Rabbis are in social we base haknesses or base isha a shul or a base isha. Okay, what's a base isha? Means we're going to see in a moment where there's no men who live in this house. There's only women. Or partners. You're obligated in a mezuzah. Says the Gemara, Pshita. Of course, women don't have to put up a mezuzah. A shul doesn't have to have a mezuzah. Partners don't need to have a mezuzah. What are you talking about? Says the Gemara, I'll tell you. Mahu, damn, I would have thought say, Your house. It's written in male. Masculine. V'loi Not her house. Beisecha, your house, v'loi botehem, and not plural house, not, not multiple people. Kamash malon. So therefore the Brisa lets us know that you are obligated in a mezuzah, says the Gemara. How do you know? Maybe it's a good drasha. Maybe beisecha means only a male and, and not partners. Taka, how, how do you know? Maybe it's taka the halacha. The Gemara says no, because I'm a crook, as the Pesach says, the, the midst of mezuzah lengthens our days and our children's days. You think men need to live long and women don't need to live long? No. Women need the bracha too. And therefore, a woman's got to make sure she's got a mezuzah on her door. She needs bracha. Yeah? She needs blessing. So why is it written masculine then? If a woman has to do this, and a, a woman needs to get the same blessing of a long life. So why Taka is the Torah written in masculine? A good kasha. The Gemara answers, Kedurah. Domarava, derech bi'oscha. It doesn't, it's not written in masculine to be, to, to give off the connotation of males only. Rather, it's letting us know how to put up your mezuzah. Mezuzah should be put up the way that you go in. It's very interesting. Bechi'okar inish karei. When you walk into your house, when you lift up your feet, the Yamina Akar Beresha, you do your right foot first. Yeah? Is that the hokey pokey? You start with your right foot first? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Rabiel, hokey pokey? Yeah? The right foot first, maybe. Chlestish. You put your right foot in. All right? So uh, you see from over here that the mezuzah should go on the right side. Because when a person walks into their home, it's their right foot that uh, that goes in. So the word biyoth, the word beisecha, and to write it like that also gives off the drasha, which side of the doorway to put the mezuzah up on. Tanya idach. We learned in the brisa similarly. Beisaknesas or beisashotim beisishim b'tam minigam. Shul, a house of partners and a house of a woman, are could become tamei tzaras. Says the Gemara of Shita. Obviously, that, you know, the connection is, you know, uh, women, shul, you know, same categories of home. So the uh, Gemara says, Pshita, why would I think that there's no Taras in the house of a woman, a shul, and uh, partners? Now the Tamekot says, Uba Asher Loi Habayis. And the person who has Taras on his house should come. Loi Beloi Lo. He should come. I would say him and not her. Loi Beloi Lo. Him and not when multiple people need to come. Kamash Belon, the Bryson lets us know that even if there's a partners owning the home and there's Saras, it's Tameh. Says Gemara, uh, why? If the Torah says Lai, why Taka is there Taras for a woman or partner? Beimachanami. Answer the Gemara, Makra, Beveis, Eretz, Achuzaschem. You're going to get Saras in the house and their land of heritage. Okay, which means any house, any house um, in Eretz Yisro, no matter who owns it, can become Tameh Saras. 
The Gabar says, one second. Okay, fine. We, we believe you. We believe you. You could get saras on the house of a woman or a partner. But then why to write it in masculine singular? Why'd you write it for one male? Why did it say loy? Eloloi lomeli. Why does it say his house? So the Gemara, I'll tell you why. Misha miyached beisoy loy. This is telling us who's going to get saras. Somebody who is selfish. He builds a house for himself. It's his stuff. I'm not having people stay in my house. I'm not opening my house for others. I'm not giving up my stuff to others. I'm not lending my stuff. People ask us. We spoke about this in the Drusha last week. Somebody says to him, can I borrow something? He says, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I, don't, have, I, I, I don't have a lawnmower to lend you. So what happens? Guess what? This guy is selfish. He's going to get saras on his house. And guess what's going to happen? His lawnmower is now going out to his front yard. All his vessels got put outside so they don't become tummy. Oh, the lawnmower that you didn't have on uh, Shuldik Smear, that's, uh, you know, that's the top of, top of the line one from Home Depot. Kishem Mefanez Bezoi Prat which excludes somebody who lends. That's why it says his house. Because if you don't keep it your house privately and you say, oh, whatever's in my house, I'm going to use to help Klal Yisrael Eichid. I'm used to help people too. That type of house is never going to get saras. Beautiful. Can a base Knesset become mitame benegoim? Can it get saras? But time learned in a brisa. I would have thought that a shul and a base vendor could become tame with saras. Talmud Leimar it says a bar shalav bias. He brings that which is in his house misha miyochad loy something that is his yotzei l'sheim yuchadim loy to exclude vessels of a shul and a base vendor that belong to the community. They don't belong to any particular individual. Okay, so how can we say that a shul can get saras? Answer the Gemara like Kach, no question. Well, this will be our last step. We'll hold it here. If you have a shul where the shamish of the shul lives in the shul, you're obligated to put up a mezuzah. But if nobody lives in that shul, there's nobody uh, receiving parsonage over there, you know, living in that area. So Rav Meir Mechayev, Acham Baidrim, Rav Meir Zedjechayev. And the Chomim say, you are potter. Why would you be chayev? Because since somebody living there, it belongs to an it, even, There's nobody living there. Do we consider it like it belongs to an individual? Or the Chomim say, no. It's a, we consider a shul like there's no, it doesn't belong to any individual. We will hold it here. And Vezhem, tomorrow we will pick up from the next Ibayasema to explain, to try to give further answers as to, um, as to how it's possible for a shul to get saras if there's no individual that owns a base Aknesis or a base Medrash. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Bezham, tomorrow we will pick up at 12.15 on Erev Shabbos. Pick up tomorrow afternoon. Have a wonderful Erev Shabbos.